Welcome back to the 25-yard line. This is part two of a three-part season finale. I'm your host, Johnson. Once again, I've got Grant Freeman here with me. And this time we are bringing our friend Chris on the show with us. Grant, what are you excited for in this interview with Chris? Well, so first I'm excited that uh, you get your opportunity to finally gloat a little bit um, since you have finally won our Dynasty League. Um, But another thing that I'm excited about is uh, we get to dive in with Chris and just talk about like what makes a good fantasy football league and fostering um, like a healthy fantasy football league and what that looks like um, and how to be um, not only have continue to have fun, but also how to how to really run a run a fantasy league almost like a family yeah and chris is is one of the best people we know so we we're really excited to have the opportunity to talk to him he he had to steal a little bit of time away in his house so you're gonna hear some background noise as as the family was over and he snuck off to do this interview with us um so we just appreciate him getting to take some time to come hang out with us in the midst of a busy schedule and i hope you enjoy well coming up next on the show we have uh, a first time guest on the show our good friend chris anderson is joining us he's a guy we've been playing fantasy with for uh, a number of years now and he is the runner-up in the Dynasty League, the Grant and I always talk about this. Um, he was the one that we have referenced many times as how he <laughs> almost ended up beating me in the finals yeah. in the championship round of this one. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? Doing good. You know, all things considered, even though you know I lost with that trade, I can't be mad about it, to be honest. But yeah. Doing good. <laughs> Well, uh, before you tell us about yourself, let's get into that trade. So Chris and I made a trade this offseason that we have kind of decided was the defining trade of our league this year. Um, so Chris, why don't, you, uh, why don't you walk us through that trade and how it came to be and how you're feeling about it now in the offseason? Yeah, so I remember Stephen came to me and he was like, I want Kamara. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so I was looking at his team and we were, you know, discussing like who we wanted, um, and eventually ended up being where it was like Kamara and Galladay for Ezekiel Elliott and Calvin Ridley. Mm -hmm. And I remember the last, this last season before, um, Calvin Ridley was starting to look really promising for me in the beginning of the year. So that was someone I wanted to snag for like long-term, um, which I mean, I'm more than happy with the results I got from Calvin Ridley this year. Ezekiel Elliott, that is a whole other thing we can talk about. Um, where, <laughs> you know, it takes more than one person to make a team and uh-huh. also to make a fantasy day. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, all things considered, dynasty-wise, I'm not upset with the trade. Mm-hmm. It uh, yeah. definitely was one of those, like, even though I lost – because of Kamara in the championship game. You know, him putting up six touchdowns, it was more as a football fan, I got excited about the fact that he did that, even though he killed me because of it. But, like, for me, I'm just, you know, as a football fan, beyond fantasy football, it's like, you know, I'm proud of him for getting that. So can't be too mad. Oh, totally. Yeah, when this yeah. when this trade happened in our off season, I kind of looked at it and was like, okay, like this this is definitely a fairly a fairly even trade um, all across the board because essentially you were swapping swapping top running backs and um, up and coming wide receivers um, across across teams, and so what really was shocking was just how much of an impact. Dak Prescott's injury had mm-hmm. on Ezekiel Elliott's value going forward for the rest of the season because I think if Dak Prescott's in, you are probably in. You're probably. I'm probably I sitting. Mean, you're in already a, a contender. Second place in the league this year. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, be interested to see long term what that trade does, especially if Dak ends up staying in Dallas. Right yeah. and. We have to remember, too, that 
Also, three of the offensive linemen for the Cowboys were hurt throughout the yeah. year. Yeah, so that had a big factor right here, to it yeah. as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be low on Zeke going into next season, and I definitely think that's a mistake. I think he's he's still worth drafting high. I haven't I haven't done my running back ranks for for next season. Probably do that in the next couple of weeks. Do a way too early ranking, yeah. but I, I think a lot of people are going to be down on Zeke after how bad his year was this year. But I I trust the talent. I think he's going to be a lot better, assuming Dak Prescott is playing in Dallas again. Uh, there's a lot up in the air there, but when Which, when Chris and I were talking about this trade, it was it was just funny to look back on because my mindset, my team didn't really have an elite wide receiver, um, yeah. and I had a lot of depth at running back. So I was thinking, you know what, I've got Zeke, who at that time was really the consensus third running back in in fantasy, and Kamara was around five or six, depending on who you were talking to. And in in my mindset, I I liked Calvin Ridley as a young talent, but I wasn't sure if he was going to take that step up to be in wide receiver one. Obviously, he did. And in hindsight, he uh, he he, I valued him too low in the offseason. But I went into it with the mindset that I'm I'm making a slight downgrade at running back from Zeke to Kamara and making a significant upgrade at wide receiver from Ridley to Kenny Galladay, who was a consensus wide receiver one. And. Man, it just it, it ended up the opposite. Where I ended up with a huge upgrade at running back, and Kenny Galladay did absolutely nothing for my team this year. Yeah, and I definitely think that Ridley Ridley's value was helped by the the injuries that Julio had this season, because mm-hmm. I think that forced Matt Ryan and the Falcons to start looking elsewhere because they knew that they couldn't continue to look to Julio as their guy go-to guy anymore so he started having to look for other guys to really fill that void um that Julio does leave as as a top top tier wide receiver mm-hmm. absolutely and even even for me especially not being a Calvin Ridley owner um even when Julio was in you still saw Ridley getting a good amount of targets which for me was encouraging as well that okay Calvin Ridley can play with Julio on the field and he can play with Julio off the field. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep. I totally agree. And I'm excited to see what Ridley does in the future. And it'll be interesting to see what Kamara does with Drew Brees' likely retirement after this year. You got to trust the talent going forward, but uh, early rankings I've seen so far don't have him at number one next year, the way we may expect after the season. It'll be interesting. But Chris, um, it's your first time on the show, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? How long have you been playing fantasy football? How many leagues are you in this year? How many championships did you end up walking away with? Why don't you why don't you walk us through some, kind of your fantasy football profile? Yeah, so I've been playing fantasy football since high school. I'd say about fifteen or sixteen. Um, started off where I would just play in like family leagues and whatnot. Um, but then as I got into about college was when I started getting more competitive with it. Um, this year, I was in a number of leagues, but like the three I actually cared about, which are my money leagues. Um, those ones I did, um, I did okay with one. I won. Um, hey, there you go. And then, yeah. So, On that I mean, winning that, roster, who was, who, who was the linchpin of your team? Oh, on that, uh, Kamara. Yeah. Um, so I had Kamara on that team. Um, and that was the team I was actually telling you about Steven, where I just Mm -hmm. traded away Russell Wilson for Stefan Diggs. Oh my gosh. So I want to play in a league with whoever that guy is that you made. Right. Exactly. He's he's the one that made the trade to me. Yeah. He offered you the trade. I first offered him um, Russell Wilson and like two other players for Stephon Diggs and like trash on his bench, and then he was just like, "I want to do Russell Wilson for Diggs straight up." And I was yes. just like, "Okay," yes. I was like, "Yes, okay, I'll do that." I was like, "What? I don't, whatever." So, um, yeah. So he was. So Kamara was definitely my linchpin, and now I'm super excited to have Diggs on my team there, yeah. um, and the league. Uh, that we're all in together. Of course, I took second. Um, right. And not going to lie, like, 
I did a whole lot better in this league than I thought, especially having Saquon Barkley as my RB1 and him going down at the beginning of the year. So I was scrambling halfway through the season. Like, I need need running backs because, like, Ezekiel Elliott, when Dak went down, he went down. And, like, uh, I forgot who my next best was but uh, it was like chris carson. Chris carson was your next yeah guy. so chris carson i had to go and trade for him actually oh wow um, so i had to, i had to do a number of moves but also in this league and another thing i'm excited about is i also ended up before the season was over with Devonte adams who right. boy oh boy is that guy was that guy a monster oh this my year? gosh yes what um a- he single-handedly over, almost got you the championship despite the fact that I had Alvin Kamara. Yeah. 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 No, he, I mean, at the end of the season, even though I lost to you, I couldn't be prouder of like what my team was able to accomplish with what I had. Oh, um, and then the third league I was in, uh, let's just say the fantasy injuries were not friendly to me. Um, I'll just give you a quick rundown of who my players were, and you'll understand. Oh, no. uh, Sa- Saquon Barkley, yep. oh, Dak Prescott. Oh, um, let's see who uh, Nick Chubb, uh, Sterling Shepard, oh, um, and uh, I'm forgetting a couple of names. But let's just say my bench was filled with more IR people than. I could keep, but it's also a dynasty, so I couldn't drop them. Yeah. So I lost that league, like, just flat out. But um, I was able to, before the trades were up, kind of set things in motion for next year. So I was able to trade to also get Devontae Adams in that league. Oh so I'm pretty Dude. happy with having some elite talents to come back to next year. And Especially with Dak Prescott, I really hope he does come back from his injury mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. Yeah. Just as like a as Bye. a fan of football itself, um, more yeah. than just fancy football. Um, but yeah, so for me, one one out of three that made me win all my buy-ins for this yeah. year. So I can't complain. Um, yep. And then you know. I'm excited for my futures for each of the leagues for next year, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, man. What a great way to end the season. I feel like if you can walk away with a championship that lets you pay for your other buy-ins, that's a, <laughs> that's a great way to end your season. You get to have a lot of fun playing fantasy football for free that year and yep. maybe uh, maybe kick in towards some of those buy-ins the next year. Yeah, no, definitely. It uh, not only kicked into some of that, but then I was I pretty much just took the extra money and, and invested it. So hopefully it'll give me a nice little return so that I can just yep. use the return money for there next year. So Dude, there we go. I hear I hear Bitcoin's doing really well right now. I actually, <laughs> yeah. I actually have some Bitcoin, so yes oh, it no. is. It's <laughs> the, the money of the future. <laughs> Well, we just want to go through a couple questions with you while we have you on the show. Uh, first of which is um, looking back over this season, what would you say is the best move? I know you alluded to a handful of moves you were really excited about, but what do you think was the best move you made for one of your teams this season? For one of my teams, um, I, you know, it's going to sound weird, but... I am honestly, even though it didn't work out for me this year, I was honestly really like happy with the Ezekiel Ridley trade um, because of the yeah. potential for the prolonged future. I mean, Ridley, I got him what yeah. for like ten years going down the road, and yeah. then um, Ezekiel. I mean, he'll bounce back. Like we we've seen the Cowboys formula. Unfortunately, it took a catastrophic blow to them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, even looking back on it, I would have still made the trade either way. So mm-hmm. I can't complain about it. You know, always got to trudge forward. So yeah, that, I would say that was probably my best trade with it. This, this is my opportunity where I get to yet again, say to Jerry Jones, pay Dak Prescott his money because that offense can't run without Dak Prescott. And it showed like none other this season. 
Yeah, do you remember in the offseason how, like, all of us around the fantasy football world were talking about how good the Cowboys offense was going to be this year? Like, all we were talking was, like, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb are all going to be, you know, fantasy studs. Dak maybe number one. Well, and the crazy thing, too, is that for the – I mean, all the way up until Dak got hurt, they showed it. Like, Mm -hmm. they were – Balling. They were putting the points like yeah, that, that what week and a half. Dak Prescott, even after he got hurt, was still the leading um was still leading in throwing yards through like four weeks after he got hurt. Like yeah. that's how good he was playing. Was that people were still catching up to an injured player just to overtake like the first spot. Yeah. And yeah. that shows you just how bad the Cowboys defense was in those first few weeks because like they were in shootouts every week and so it forced mm-hmm. Dak to throw the ball. And I think that's where Ezekiel Elliott ends up getting a lot of value too, is because he kind of becomes the dump out guy that you see like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara um really get to use. But like, yeah, without without Dak Prescott, it was definitely like it was shocking to see the difference in just overall quality of that offense this season. Yeah, fun stat for you. Obviously, the sample size is small, so it's a little bit inflated by a bigger game. But he is number one in points per game at the quarterback position. <laughs> Dak Prescott is still number one at 27.1. That's two points ahead of Patrick Mahomes. That's yeah, crazy. I think he was on pace, if I remember correctly, for over 6,000 throwing yards on yeah. the season. Yeah, with how many uh, like, shootouts the Cowboys were in, that was <laughs> that was well possible. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the recipe for a fantasy relevant quarterback is a, a good receiving core, a good running back, a good offensive line, and a terrible defense. And Dak had all of those things. <laughs> yes, well, he did. Well, what about your worst move you made? Is there a move you made this fantasy season that you are, you know, just still kicking yourself, going, "Man, I wish I, I wish I didn't." do that wish i didn't do that or wish i wish i should have done that or wish i should have yeah did you get offered a deal that you thought nah i'm not gonna make that trade and it turns out you you could have could have really bolstered your team um i would say there was a trade that i rejected that it was um for this season it really took a bad dive because someone was and another league was trying really hard to get Dak Prescott for me. And I was just like, no, no, no. And then um, the it was the week leading up to his injury. And I was just like, no, can't trade him. Like, he's going to ball. He's going to, like, have a great year. And then donezo. And I was just like, well, all right. I have to, I have to lick this wound for the rest of the season. So, was this the dynasty league? So you you at least have some consolation that you have Dak next year, or uh, or was it is it a, it is a dynasty league. Um, it was yeah. So that's why I wasn't like like it sucked for this year, but I wasn't like heartbroken about it. Where it's like okay, I know I'll get him back next year, um, but for like this year specifically, it was one where I was just like, okay, like my. My chances were, were bad. Oh, and by the way, in that league as well, where I had like everyone hurt, and my other main wide receiver was a uh, Cortland Sun. So you know, <laughs> there was that too. Man, that's oh, another guy. I forgot about all the conversation about how good he was going to be, and then he went down yeah. immediately. Well, well, Chris, what about a highlight from this season? Was there a moment, whether in fantasy football or just as an NFL fan, that just sticks out to you as being a significant moment? Um, I mean, obviously, even though it happened at probably the worst time in fantasy football, but just in season, Joe, like being able to like witness Alvin Kamara go and get six touchdowns. I mean, we haven't seen that since what nineteen twenty eight. Yeah. Um, so being able like, to witness that during our time was like, yeah, as like a football uh, fan, that was really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. That was just fun. And on Christmas Day, too. Yeah, right. That was a great Christmas present. Now, if only Sean Payton would get 
get out of his love for Taysom Hill, we could have seen the record broken and get him seven touchdowns. But no, Sean Payton just has this unabashed, unfounded love for Taysom Hill that Taysom Hill had to go get one touchdown. Right. And also, too, like, even when Taysom Hill was the QB, things were really weird in the backfield for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm really yeah. curious on how that moves forward. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely going to be an interesting thing to see this offseason because I think if Taysom Hill does, if Drew Brees does end up retiring and Taysom Hill takes over, like, you saw a lot of Latavius Murray as being kind of the main back because of how they used him in the passing game more than Alvin Kamara, which is is silly because Alvin Kamara is is so good to be so used good. in the passing game too. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see just what happens with that team this offseason if Drew Brees does retire because for whatever reason, like Taysom Hill and how they run the offense doesn't go through the backs, like the running backs, as much as they should. And they've got two very good, high-quality running backs. And, like, at the end of the day, like, you should be trying to run a very, like, balanced offense. But for whatever reason, it's like we're just going to let Taysom Hill do all the running, and like that's that's what scares me a little bit with that offense. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We're going to need to see who gets named a starter. I, I don't know where I'm going to have Kamara ranked going into next season. That'll be. Uh, I mean, I think be it'll still a be, lot of discussion. Will be a top a top twenty running back, and he'll be drafted in the first. Oh round. my gosh, I, he'll be a top top six running back for sure for me but i don't know where he's gonna fit in there like i i can't imagine ranking him ahead of dalvin cook yeah should, should we do a quick should we do a quick where do we think Kamara is gonna be next year like which guys i'll 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 hear both of your guys's answers which guys would you put ahead of alvin Kamara? um let's let's go all right so christian mccaffrey Yes. Yes. Uh, Dalvin Cook? Yes. Saquon yeah, Barkley? I, I think oh. for, for, me, for me, I think I think Kamara and Cook will still go in that, like, two to three range. Like, I think, like, as we saw in draft this season where it was, like, after McCaffrey, it was kind of, like, a, a rant, essentially a pick em between the two of them. Like, I think that's where Kamara is going to end up still going. But, like, after that, like, I think you're, you're going to see Saquon drop to four. Zeke probably drops to late first round, if anything, um, for that. And maybe you even see James Robinson kind of move his way in with how good of a season he had. Yep. What, uh, how do you have Eric Henry in relation to uh, Alvin Kamara? For next year, I think Derrick Henry is five for me. I think Derrick Henry, yeah, he, Derrick Henry is within like the four to seven range for me. Um, that's that's where I would have him somewhere in there. Yeah, while Derrick Henry, while Derrick Henry, you can count on for the yards, his like use, his his multifaceted use in in the offense is just I'm the runner and that's it. Mm-hmm. He's not really used in the run game. Whereas guys like McCaffrey and Cook and Kamara and even Zeke when Dak was in mm-hmm. were used more well like way more often in the pass game. Yeah. I think I think I'm gonna have McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley ahead of Kamara, but I think he'll probably be at four for me. Yeah, and <laughs> too good. Like who else are we gonna put up ahead of him? We have no idea where Aaron Jones is gonna be playing, so that that could change it. I I think the Packers are gonna be insane to re-sign him while Lafleur refuses to give him the ball. I still think they should re-sign him and let him touch the football because yeah, he's right. such an elite talent. But I I think that it's irresponsible of the Packers management to re-sign someone that the head coach won't give the football to. <laughs> and, and also too, we saw in week sixteen, like Agent Dillon looked good. Mm-hmm. He, so I think that also throws questions into the future of Aaron Jones in the in Green Bay because they got to see a sample of AJ Dillon's talent and why they drafted him in the second round. Yeah, that's typical like Packers fashion where they 
draft a bunch of these guys that they end up using late in the season and then they're mm-hmm. like oh well these guys are good walk. so we don't need to worry about paying these other guys so like you saw ty montgomery go um mm-hmm. uh, i think last year or the year before like guys like that who like are good quality guys who can if if given the opportunity to be like your star either running back or wide receiver could do great things but the packers just don't want to pay him like I, I think it's shocking that the Packers actually went and paid Devonte Adams when they did because it's like, wait, the Packers paid somebody. <laughs> I know, right? Well, we could be on this tangent for hours, but maybe we devote a whole off-season episode to um, what nope. is the Packers front office uh, <laughs> office doing and why is it working so good? Because clearly they know what they're doing, but to the rest of us, it makes no sense. But it's working for them. Um, well, Chris, looking forward to next season, is there a player that stood out to you this season that has you most excited next season? I think I may have an idea of who you're going to say because I know you you have such a love for him. But uh, is there is there a player that you're just really excited for looking forward to next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually have like two that I'm excited to see. Um, we'll allow it. Calvin Ridley because, I mean – that's what I saw coming on. Julio is just getting older, and I I think this year showed that Calvin Ridley can take the reins as their wide receiver one, um, and it will kind of allow Julio to be that very dependable option, um, but one that can kind of take a, a little bit of a backseat with his age getting up there. Um, and two, and this one is dependent on if he gets traded. But I am excited to see what Deshaun Watson's future is potentially. Oh, man. We could do a whole episode on the Deshaun Watson situation. I feel like Grant and I have been texting for like three straight days now on just about Deshaun Watson. Well, it's because because every day there's some sort of new information that comes out that like makes it seem more and more likely that he may demand a trade out. But I do, I do definitely crazy because like they're what, what kind of value are they going to need to get back to let him go? Like I'm looking at like probably three high end first rounders and something in order to be willing to move him. So he can ask for a trade all he wants, but what are they going to do? Yeah. So I saw an article uh, obviously by like, I'm I'm a Niners fan, so I see all the Niners articles that come out. But like, no it was one by a, going to the Niners, but well, Niners fans. Well, yeah, but so so like I saw like they put out one of the Niners beat writers put out a put out a like hypothetical like if the Niners were to put together a trade, what would it look like? And it was like one of the first options was like you trade Deshaun Watson in like a third for Nick Bosa, a first this year, a first next year, and like a third like two years down the road like that's those are the types of trades that are like realistic like the only way that you're going to get any sort of value like compensation value for deshaun watson yeah i was seeing one um where it was washington uh would trade chase young and two first for deshaun watson yeah which would be absolutely insane but that's the kind of value we're talking about here and what what's going to be nuts is like it would be one thing if they absolutely needed to get out of his contract because their cap yeah. was so bad but it's not like they're they've got enough cap space they're not they're not motivated to move his contract it's a brand new contract and he's a franchise level quarterback so i totally agree i'm really excited to see what he's going to do next year i think that's a great yeah. assessment um I, I think heard, I think it's going to be in Houston. I heard potentially that there's talks that they might trade Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins for Tua and two firsts. And, yep. Yeah, that's the that's the big rumor that I've been hearing today. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it it sounds all fine and dandy, but I mean, at the end of the day, if you're Nick Cesario, you're not motivated to move him. Like you have him locked up. I mean. Bill O'Brien, I know, I know he got fired 
when his team was doing poorly, but he got fired for the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Realistically, he got fired yeah. for that trade. Do you really want to come in and in your first month on the job trade your like one of your other two players that that are yeah. there were, there were three there? players that everybody knew in Houston, and it was DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson, and JJ Watt. And if you yeah. trade any of those, and they've already traded DeAndre Hopkins, so if you trade any of those, either of those other two guys, like there is going to be riots in Houston. <laughs> the one thing I would say though um, is when John Gruden came in to be the coach for the Raiders, he had a system, and people who didn't want to fall in line with that system were gone. Khalil Mack is now a bear, and that yeah, guy but- like. But John Gruden's one of those coaches that's like way insane. And like he, I think John, John Gruden 20 years ago, 15 years ago, is, is a good head coach in today's day and age with how kind of offenses, like the, just, just the offenses and the teams that are run. Like I think he, I don't think he's deserving of a 10 year, hundred million dollar contract or whatever he got like that's where i am kind of eh on on gruden i mean him trading khalil mack is like like come on like why are you gonna do that but that's also just the type of person that john gruden is i don't think houston is anywhere close to like that the one point i'm gonna make on gruden compared to casario is gruden has a Super Bowl ring as a head coach. I think he won that Super Bowl on Dungy's players, not his own. And yes. once Dungy's players were all gone, uh, the Bucks were terrible. That's yep. neither here nor there. He he came in with a level of of a resume where he got to walk in and in his job interview as they were begging him to take the job, <laughs> tell them, yeah, I mean, okay, I'll take the job, but these are my demands. I, I don't see a rookie GM trying to establish himself in the league. Like I think a better comparison is Josh McDaniels selling the farm for yeah. Tim Tebow. And yeah. he hasn't had another opportunity to be a head coach since. Yep. I think, I think one thing that it will be interesting to see how this works out, whether he gets traded or not, is with all these reports of the things that Deshaun Watson has been upset about, about the Houston office, is that if you have a QB who does not want to play where he's playing right now, how much does that affect the rest of the team? Oh, in huge ways. I mean, I think in huge ways, but I also think that Deshaun Watson is the type of guy that, is going to let his like let the team know up front what he's like his feelings and and if the team sees sees where he's coming from like they're going to be like Deshaun Watson is one of those guys that like I think any any team any locker room will rally behind no matter what mm-hmm. no matter what so and I, I think agree part with of the part of it'll be seeing if if he doesn't get traded the locker room coming around and be like, all right, you didn't get traded. Let's try Like, let's go out and let's do what we can. I mean, you saw this, like as, as the, 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 um, there's that clip from the final game of the Texan season of JJ Watt walking next to Deshaun Watson and just going like, Hey, I'm sorry. We've wasted a one, of you, like another one, like one of your seasons. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the type of player that Deshaun Watson is that like his like JJ Watt, a perennial all-star, probably like more than likely going to be in the Hall of Fame, is is disappointed that they've wasted a season of Deshaun Watson's like of Deshaun Watson's football career. I thought that quote went the other way. Didn't Deshaun Watson say that to JJ Watt? Oh, it was JJ Watt. It was JJ Watt saying it to oh, Watson. I got that wrong. And can we please get an O line for Deshaun Watson? Please. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, well, this is good stuff, guys. This is good stuff. But let's move on. Uh, still looking forward to next season. Uh, I, to- I totally agree with you, Chris. I think Ridley and Watson are both going to be fun to watch next season, yeah. um, whatever happens around them. But looking forward to the incoming rookie class, um, we're going to ask you for a bold prediction of a rookie that you have your eye on. Obviously, a lot of this could change because no one's been drafted yet. Not even every player has declared for the NFL draft yep. yet. We don't know who all is going to be out there. 
Um, we know some of the big names that will be there. But Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence um, is going to be in there. Um, Justin, Justin Fields. Justin Fields and Zach Wilson have declared already, haven't they? Devonta Smith. Yeah. So we we know some players that are going to be in the draft. So are there any rookies, that uh, incoming rookies, that you particularly have your eye on right now that you're watching really closely to see what NFL team they end up on because you're just really excited to see them in the NFL? Yeah, so I was watching the Clemson and Ohio State game, and I went into that game being like, okay, this is going to be exciting to watch the number one and number two pick overall in next year's draft um, play, that being Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. And the more I watched that game, the more I was like, who is this Trey Sermon on Ohio State? Oh, my gosh. Because that guy was just playing lights out. And the more I watched, the more I was like, bold prediction for me personally, Trey Sermon is going to be drafted above Travis Etienne with the way that he's playing. And like, that's just me personally, but like just watching him play, I was just like, wow, that guy is a balanced runner and big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Both of of those running backs, both, Travis Ntien and Trey Sermon, I think, are going to have big careers coming out of college, um, no matter where they go, because they are just, I mean, you see it with, like, their guys like Kamara and McCaffrey and Cook, where they're multifaceted guys. You can use them in the passing game, you can use them in the rush game, and they don't care who gets in their way, they're going to run you over no matter what. Yeah, I totally agree. And I yeah, I, I like ETN a lot. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. I don't know that he goes in the top 15 of the draft. I think he may end up being like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire type player that yeah. goes maybe towards the back end of the first round. Um, and also, too, like, you know, it don't, again, this is all just speculatory, but it also just depends on who they end up with. You know, mm-hmm. just, if... ETN goes to a crowded backfield, then like he could drop out of being picked by a lot of people because of that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, you look at a situation like Clyde edwards alaire like what a what a roller coaster of prominence in his rookie fantasy football season. He yeah, right. got drafted into a crowded backfield that coming out of the april draft he was uh maybe he'll be good down the road but he doesn't have the job yet he's got to earn it and then by week one was the starting running back and then towards the later portion of the season the he found himself in a in a timeshare with Le'Veon bell yeah which seems like the kansas city rookie running back it seems to be like the thing lately because Kareem Hunt started the first game because of an injury, and then he just played lights out, and it was his job from the get go after that. And then, he, and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire, you know, he had a couple really good games to where it's like, okay, he's he's got the reins right now. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he will you know, keep playing over there. Um, And also, just a quick throw on, like, I'm also really curious to see if Kareem Hunt is going to get traded next year, too. Yeah, that's going to be super interesting to see out of the Browns' backfield. Um, Well, you've been playing fantasy football for a little while now <laughs> by a little while. I mean, uh, quite a while. And in, in talking with you, one of the things that makes you really, really excited about a fantasy football league is not just what happens on the virtual field, but what happens off the field in terms of the dynamic in the league. And, um, one of the things that you were saying as we were talking earlier, is just you you just love really feeling like the family dynamic of a fantasy football league. Do you wanna you wanna talk a little bit more about about that and what you think it takes in a fantasy football league to kind of go beyond what it just just being people who log in and set a lineup on a week to week and uh, and to go from that to being really a, a community of, of friends that gets to play this game together. Yeah, um, and also, by the way, I apologize for the back 
background noise as is my family, but it's all good. Um, but but uh, I think for me, like this league specifically, is my personal favorite league because not only is there like a group of people that I know that I get to play against, but it's also I think it's even just like the friendships within the league have have evolved from even where they were at the very beginning when we started this league together. Um, I love it when we can go, you know, like just go hang out at each other's houses and watch the games, especially if you're like playing each other and just talk smack talk with one another. And then just like, um, and then, or even to just talk smack, talk about another person's team. Um, Uh But I, I like, like, I just really like where it takes it beyond just like a random group of people that you're playing with and where it's, it's people that like you actually want to talk to um, and people that are not only where it's like, okay, season's over. I'm checking out for the whole off season. It's like, no, these are still people that are like involved in your life. Um, and where you can also still, um, you know, talk about off-season stuff. Like uh, me and um, another guy in the league, uh, where we got to know each other pretty well. Um, where as soon as the league was over, it was like, all right, let's talk. Let's talk trades that we want to eventually do. Um, once the league opens back up, so it's like it's for me. Like this league specifically, I would say out of all the leagues, and this is the one that like. Um, I appreciate the most um, just from even like the way that um, the pr- the prize at the end gets distributed to even just like the silly things of like the loser has to do a penalty. Um, you know, the loser last year had to make a calendar and that was, you know, on my wall. That, w- that was the calendar I used. Um, I, yeah, like it was just like, it's just, you know, like it's fun little reminders of that this league is more than just a group of random people that you're playing against. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like these people are like, they're friends. And so I really appreciate just like that dynamic of these leagues. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I think I appreciate most about like this league um, and another league that I'm in with uh, Steven, who we interviewed earlier in this episode. Like the the leagues that you could like, you know, a ton of people in, and you get to like talk trash and like have fun, but also like at the end of the day, like you're friends with outside of the fantasy football world, like are a ton of fun because it's like on Sundays in the football season, like you're your enemies and you're battling, but like come the rest of the the rest of the year like you're fun like you're your friends and you can have conversation and you could talk you could talk about life and things like that and like that's a ton of fun like steve you and i uh, usually like we're in a couple of leagues together um that are like good but then you and i also just will randomly join like espn just uh-huh. random espn leagues and like there's something so different about like knowing the guys in the league that you can actually like on a week-to-week basis like mm-hmm. make fun of and make fun of moves talk trash about moves or like congratulate yep. them on good moves versus uh-huh. like these random leagues that you and i will join and just be like at the end of the day like all we end up doing is just setting lineups and then like moving on like yeah. you and i will will talk trash about how some of these guys draft but like past that it's like there's nothing there's no other extracurricular fun going on yeah, you definitely, it's a different dynamic when you are just logging in, setting a lineup, and, like, you do a draft. And honestly, like, those random leagues we do, we, we join them just because we love drafting so much that I <laughs> I don't think I have enough people in my life to play in as many leagues as I would like to play in any given season. So we, yep. we just join these leagues, and they're good practice, and it gives you more stake. I feel like doing mock drafts is useful for a couple rounds but kind of ends up useless because i found that most mock drafts that i've done uh, online you end up with like four rounds where you have eight to ten teams picking and then after that it's like there's two teams left and it's like well when it's just auto drafting you may as well just read rankings and there's no difference 
but it's it's a different dynamic when you're playing with your friends and i think uh, i think you guys are totally right um one of the things that i've really enjoyed we've had various group texts over the years with our league but we started a discord this year and it's made it fun because there's there's different channels where we have a channel that is not used nearly enough but it's a, a channel <laughs> devoted just to trash talk and we've got a trade block in the discord and we've got a um uh, a place where it's just for league information and and another one, channel for just general chat and it's just fun because there's this cool online community that we get to yeah. even as we're watching games whether it's relating to uh fantasy football or not we get to just talk about crazy plays that are happening um i we're recording this in the midst of the brown steelers game and i sent a number of texts during the first quarter um with expressing my frustration at how much I hate seeing the Browns score points and how I, I might need to take a break from football. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Which as the, as of this recording, the Browns are looking very much like they're going to win this game, uh, which is like shocking that they're about to win their first playoff game in like I'm 20 done with football. years. I'm done with football for a little while. <laughs> I'm going to need to take a break. Yeah. But like even to Steve, like I think one, like one thing going back to what we were talking about just a little bit ago um one thing why we're even though you beat me in the championship it's like i'm not even personally upset about it because i know like how hard you've worked to try to get a winning team um in the championship and so it's like even though like in that game you were my competition i was like yeah i want to beat him at the end of it i was like you know what like even though I lost, I'm happy for Steven because he got his first championship. He found a formula that made first him win. One in six years. <laughs> yeah. Hey, over there, Pat. Now, granted, I'm also happy too that like my play, my getting to the playoff streak is continuing as per usual. Sorry, Grant. That's um, true. But like, so, so we we keep a. Uh, um, I have a Google Doc going where I track all the records over this league. And Chris and Grant, since the existence of this league, we just finished our sixth season. Um, Chris and Grant were the only two teams that had made playoffs every year. And due to a, about a million injuries to Grant's team, yeah. he missed playoffs by like a game and a half. And Chris is, the, is now the only member of this league that has made playoffs in every single season of the league. Of course, hey, but I, I yeah, do the still only hold, two seasons I I've missed. <laughs> I do still hold yeah. the fact. I do still hold the record of the only multi-champion of this league. That, that is very true. That's true. As long as you had a B on your team. Yeah, um, right. As long as Antonio <laughs> Brown was actually playing. Because I've had Antonio Brown throughout the entire time, but he hasn't uh-huh. played for that entire time, unfortunately. Right. Uh, the last couple. Well, yeah. and like, see, like this is the stuff I'm talking about, where it's like, if you're going to find a league to play in, get friends involved. Because then you can yeah. do like stuff like this, where you can like not only like trash talk with each other, but also do like when like someone wins, like you can like feel happy for them and not just be like, man, like I lost another like fantasy football season. This sucks. It's like you know, it goes beyond just the game of fantasy football, which that that's what it is at the end of the day. It's it's a game, but like yeah. you know, you gotta keep everything in perspective from that. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say to everyone out there that Chris is the kind of guy you want to play fantasy football with. Me and Grant are terrible to play fantasy football with because we will just like make fun of you until you don't want to play fantasy football anymore. <laughs> but leading up to ch- championship week, I'm like ready to talk all this trash to Chris. Like, man, like I'm gonna beat you with the player you traded me. Like, are you ready? And and Chris sends me a text just saying like, this will be your first win if you beat me, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, sweet man, I'm happy either way. Like, I'll either get my second second championship or you'll get your first like this is just going to be an awesome game and i'm like man like you can't talk you can't talk trash to that <laughs> exactly well that's about all the time we have but chris thanks so much for coming on the show is there uh there any any closing thoughts you have for the listeners out there um, before we uh, before we send you off um yeah no thank you for having me guys um any closing thoughts i mean uh just do your research each year for the rookies coming up all right like and also to make those trades especially if you're in dynasty league 
to get people who could potentially be the long-term solution to your problems, not yeah. just the short-term. Mm, that's a great, yeah, that's a, that's that's a great, great advice. So I'm going to ask you for a bold prediction, Chris. This is how, how we're going to end all our interviews on this episode. Um, so I want to know um, this coming weekend, we've got, we've got Brady versus Breeze coming up. Round three. Round Brady three. versus Breeze. I want, uh, I want a final score for that game from you. Bold prediction. Saints versus Bucks coming up this coming weekend. Give me a final score for that game. Who's going to win and how much are they going to win by? 28-17. Tom Brady pulls something out of his hat and takes oh, it. Wow. That is a bold prediction right there. 28-17. After they weren't able to beat the Saints all season. Going to finally beat them in the playoffs. Dude, exactly. I like, I like the time it. to beat them would be, of course, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, Saints track record. Uh, we've got now, what, the Minnesota Miracle. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. other things that just have not gone their way. The Minnesota Miracle. We've got the Rams catastrophe with the uh, no PI, oh, offensive man. PI. Um yeah, I mean the the Saints are due for some sort of either break going their way or yet another break that doesn't go their way. Maybe this I'll, time they'll get this. tackle a receiver and uh, and it not be pass interference. Right. <laughs> I'll say this: either the Bucks are going to win, or the Saints are winning the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. That's oh, a bold. That's another. Going through Lambo. Two bold predictions going through, going Lambo. through Lambo. It's going to be if Breeze wins, he's going to win the Super Bowl, and then this is going to be a swan song, and then wow. he's retiring. I, uh, you know, I, I could see that. I could see that. I like these predictions. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Chris. It was great having you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed getting to listen to Chris remind me of how he handed Alvin Kamara to me from <laughs> winning a championship. Well, thanks so much to Chris for coming on the show. And um, check us out on Twitter at the 25-yard line. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or anything like that, the 25-yard line at gmail.com. We have one more episode coming up for you next to close out the season with our friend Phil coming on the show. Thanks so much for stopping by the 25-yard line. Yeah.